Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I apologize to our visitors today. Once a year, the sermon is replaced by the rector's report just immediately preceding the annual meeting. The good news for you that is that, is that uh, um, you're welcome to take a nap and I, and I won't be upset with you because you're visiting. The rest of you, however, I want to see a lot of nodding. Not nodding off, but nodding. In my report for the annual meeting held in February 2011, I called for our church family to move toward two goals in particular in the coming year. One, increased evangelism. Two, inquiring, if possible, St. Anne's Church on Lincoln Street. First, the former. Last year I wrote, Often I think to myself, Holy Trinity has so much to offer. Why is it that we are not growing faster? Why is it that we are not reaching more persons with the good news of Christ? I am always looking for the magic answer to church growth. Whenever I pray about this, the answer I receive is always the same. Stop thinking about it and start doing it. Start sharing the good news with individuals. Meet them on a personal basis. One of the things that has caused me to rejoice that the good old days are gone, the good old days when a church would open its door, ring the bells, and people would come in, is that the fact that this is no longer happening... The fact that it's hard to get people to come into the church, I think, is good for the church. It forces us to become apostolic in our mission. We must go out among the people. We must make Jesus Christ relevant in the hearts and lives of people. Not just simply open the doors, ring the bells, and then expect them to come in. But to do what the apostles did. To go out with the authority of Christ and with good news to share, and to share this good news in love with people. We have to, as I said last year, meet people on a personal basis. And I think this is good for the church. So what steps have we taken in the past year to meet this goal, to increase our evangelism efforts, to get outside the walls of the church, and I would say to go out into the cold world, but I think it's colder in here than it is in the world. What steps have we taken? Firstly, we instituted the Just Walk Across the Room campaign. I asked 
as your priest, that every able person in the church family participate in this evangelism campaign. The goal was to teach us how to share the good news of Christ entrusted to us in our everyday life. Participation was less than I had hoped. But I remain grateful to everyone who heeded this important call. The results have been met with varying degrees. However, many, including myself, were deeply challenged, moved, and changed by this program. Many of us are far more aware of the everyday opportunities provided to us by our Lord to just walk across the room. I can't begin to tell you how much of an impact that program had on me. I think people assume because I am uh, a little bit uh, outgoing uh, that it's easy for me to evangelize, but it's not. I don't know why it's not. I don't know if it's that New England thing, but it's hard for, for me to evangelize. But that program helped me to realize that it's not my job to save people. It's not my job to make sure that they're in the church the following week. That's God's job. My job is to walk across the room. So that was the first thing we did. Secondly, in the past year, several opportunities for evangelism and ministry have been initiated or developed in response to my call for increased evangelism and the Just Walk Across the Room program. They include English as a Second Language. Led by Don Richards and others, we now provide ESL, English as a Second Language, twice a week in the French Hill neighborhood. Twice a week. I've shared this with most of you before, but I think it's, it's worth sharing again. One time I was out in uh, Marlboro Hills where Steve and I were doing two services for the people there. We did a service downstairs and then we went to the Alzheimer's unit and we do another service there. And then I traveled from that part of town to downtown where I helped the uh, Deacon Susie and Emily and others with our father's table in feeding the hungry. Actually, I like to think that I, I work there. I, I, they all work really hard and I, I just provide entertainment, I think. But, um, but it was neat to be down there and to be among the hungry. So we went from those who were in the nursing homes and those with Alzheimer's to those who were hungry in our uh, city. And then I left there and was on my way to the church where I would meet with a group of people for evening prayer and mass and to give thanks to Almighty God. And on my way, I passed through French Hill 
and I went by and I saw some of our people getting out of their cars and going in to teach English as a second language to the people of that neighborhood. And I thought to myself, that is cool. I mean, that's really great. I mean, to go from those who are in nursing homes and sick and sadly in the latter um, Alzheimer's unit dying, to go to among the hungry, to pass members of our church family going in to teach English as a second language and then go and gather with another group to have mass. And then to see the choir coming in to practice in order to lead the people of God in praising God. And I just said, wow, you know, the little we're doing isn't miraculous, but what God is doing with the little that we're doing is. And thanks be to God for such a little church that that was all within a couple of hour period. So we are just walking across the room, or we're driving across Marlboro. And as we do, we're going from place to place, and members of our church family are out there, and they're doing ministry. The other day, I was in a restaurant and having dinner, and the waiter said to me, so... Uh, what church do you go to? And I said, uh, Holy Trinity here in Marlboro. And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen your sign on Elm Street with that big statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary outside. And, and the sign that, that respects for life. And, he, you know, this was a guy who was about 27 years old, and he said, you know what? He said, my wife and I are very involved in the pro-life movement. And he said, I was so blessed to see uh, that sign out there. But he knew who we were. He had seen that effort for evangelism. Led by Don Richards and others, we provide ESL twice a week in French Hill. People of our church family have ministered and have come to know many persons in French Hill personally. They've even attended a wedding of one of their students, though someone should have taught Spanish to them as a second language because it was probably all, or in Portuguese, uh, anyway. But how, that was great. They were invited to the wedding. Other discipleship opportunities. Evangelism flows from the heart of the Christian disciple. The more we are disciples of Jesus, the easier it flows. It's easy to love someone when you're in love with them to begin with. So the more we're in love with Christ, the easier it is to love his people. Evangelism flows from the heart of the Christian disciple. We are discipled when we grow in our knowledge of the faith of the church and in our personal relationship with Christ. So we have to get to know Christ. It's not about knowing about him. 
It's about knowing him. Along these lines, two new opportunities have emerged within our life as a church family. One, the daily mass. Hi, Karen. Hi. <laughs> See, I know her personally. <laughs> the daily mass, and two, the Anglican Studies program. The daily mass offers persons an opportunity to encounter Christ daily through fellowship, the proclamation of the word, and the holy sacrament. It allows them to begin their day with Jesus. Persons who have participated in the daily mass on a regular basis have testified to how their lives have been enriched and their faith and journey with Christ strengthened, including me. I realized after going to the daily mass for a time that one day I woke up and he was just simply more real in my heart than he had been before. Several members of our church family are also participating in the Anglican Studies program, growing in their knowledge of the faith and order of the church by participating in this in-depth study. For centuries, the church has believed that knowing the doctrine and faith of the church and knowing the scriptures in a deep and personal way was something that the clergy should do. Hogwash. I was trying to think of a word that was strong but appropriate. <laughs> that was the best I could come up with. That's a bunch of junk. Every person should be growing in the faith of the church. Laity, not just clergy, laity can comprehend what God has revealed. He didn't reveal it for the elite. He revealed it for the world. We all should be growing in that knowledge. And the church has failed to make the knowledge of God known. How can you have a personal relationship with God if you don't know about him? God has revealed things, not so that theologians can sit around in ivory towers and debate theology. Jesus says if we really want to understand the mysteries of God, we must become like little children. He didn't say you must become as great theologians, but as little children. The youth group, Karen Penasevich, Panasevich hyphen Cummins. I'm speaking in tongues. And Father Andrew continued to do a wonderful ministry with the youth of our church family and have done much in the past year to disciple our young adults in the faith 
and in Christ. Amen. It's not just getting together with them. They're making Jesus real to them. And they're getting to know them personally. One of the youth actually said to me that Karen and Father Andrew was, was two of their friends. After sharing my condolences with the youth, I said, you know, that's a really great thing. Sue Thayer and Jane Snyder have begun a new women's ministry encouraging Christian fellowship and discipleship among the women of our church family. I've heard so many good things about this gathering that I'm kind of jealous I can't go. I mean, I don't think there's been a single time where I haven't received emails and phone calls or been stopped by someone within the next few days after it saying, you know, that gathering the other day was really great. I've heard one negative comment. And it was because they left the stove on and the Methodist called me. <laughs> Father Bruce and Sue there have taken on the newcomers ministry, reaching out to those persons who visit our church and providing fellowship. I mean, follow-up for those. So that people don't just come in and then disappear Someone from the church says, you know, we know that you were there. We were blessed that you were with us. They receive a, a, a mug, and it's David. David and Jennifer, you'll get a mug today. has candy in it, and it says, um, God made the world, but you made our day. Thank you for worshiping with us. Well, why give them a mug that says that? And then never do any follow-up ever that says, you know what, we really do care. And even if they never came again, and I, and I have to say that while I hope David will come again, Jennifer lives in Seattle, so the chances are a little bit less that she'll be here every week. If we don't follow up with people, what we're saying is we, we don't really care, we didn't really notice. And so they're following up with people to say, you know what, we do care. You know, if we have all the right doctrine in the whole world and we follow the Bible more than anyone who's ever existed, which we do, by the way, but, <laughs> and we have don't have love, the Bible says we have what? Nothing. And so they're following up. Notice, by the way, that uh, our dear new friend Mary and her two daughters aren't here today, so follow up on that. Deacon Susie Kenyon has taken on the ministry of reaching out to those persons in our community who are absent to be sure persons do not fall through the cracks. You know, when, when members of our church family are going through a rough time, or they're hurting, or they're struggling with their faith, or someone has hurt them in the church family, and they're not there, nothing pours salt in that wound 
like saying, we haven't even noticed. We now have two prayer walks per week. Twice a week, we're going out into the community so that Christ can be present out there and not just in here. One on the Church Street neighborhood, led by Father Bruce and Sue Thayer, and one in the French Hill neighborhood, led by Deacon Susie Kenyon and myself. The prayer walks have helped us as a church family to become known by the people of our city. We've become involved with our neighbors. We've provided ministry to individuals, shared fellowship with persons who live in halfway houses, made contact with local establishments, and have simply walked across the room to several persons on a weekly basis. Last week, Father Andrew joined us, and I think one of the things that he thought was pretty neat is how many people we knew on the street in French Hill and who knew us. And as we were walking back to the car, a woman was walking down a side street, and I recognized her, and I said, Hello, Cheryl, and she turned around and said, Hello, Father Mike. And she was from the halfway house. And Father Andrew said, you know, that's, that's pretty neat. We distribute, when we go out into the neighborhoods, gift bags to our neighbors, which include the gift bag itself, and in a handout that they receive, it tells them that it's a reminder that Jesus is God's gift to you. Romans six twenty three. They also receive a Bible as a reminder that Jesus is God's Word, John 1, 1 1-14. They receive a loaf of homemade bread as a reminder that Jesus is the bread of life, John 6, 35. They receive a candle as a reminder that Jesus is the light of the world, John 8, 12. They receive a coffee mug as a reminder that Jesus is the best way to start the day. Revelation 22:16 They receive a prayer card as a reminder that Jesus is always available to you through prayer Ephesians 6:18 They receive a few candies to remind us that nothing is sweeter than the word of Jesus Psalm 119:103 It is no longer possible for us to walk these neighborhoods without greeting several persons whom we've come to know Now, some may say, wow, they're receiving a gift bag, they're receiving a Bible, they're receiving a loaf of bread, they're receiving a candle, they're receiving a coffee mug, they're receiving a prayer card, they're receiving candies. That's got to be a lot of money. Here's my response. I don't care. Because that's what we are to be about. We also do something called the Mick Ministry. Uh, now, James Carlson, is he over there? I can't see. Yeah, James Carlson. What's he, laying down sleeping? I can't see him. Where? James Carlson 
uh, actually came up with that name. But it's an important ministry. The Mick ministry is uh, every day after the morning daily mass, a group of us go out, usually, here comes James, usually to McDonald's, that's thus the name Mick Ministry. Thank you, James. But sometimes to other uh, restaurants and diners and so forth in the French Hill neighborhood, and we go out to be a presence and to greet people and to talk to people um, uh, in, in, in the community. In the community. And it's been amazing how many conversations people literally come over and sit down with us, often uninvited. I mean, but that's okay, that's what we're there for, but uninvited. And they sit down with us to talk and to ask questions. It's really been great. Our goal is to be known in the community. You know, someone said once that the church is the only organization that exists primarily, not only, but primarily for its non-members. Isn't that great? The church is the only organization that exists primarily for its non-members. CD ministry. I've been singing and recording CDs as a fundraiser. I'm just kidding. That's why we needed the fundraising committee, because my CDs weren't making it. Are you lonesome tonight? Yes. Praveen Mutalik. Praveen Mutalik has begun to record the Sunday sermons, the Anglican Studies Program, and other teachings offered here at HTAC. He places these CDs on our website, run by Steve Walker, for persons to download and listen. You may think, who outside of our church family listens to such things? Now, some in our church family do. It was, it was kind of neat when, when uh, Kathleen was recuperating and I went over to her house and, uh, and she was up to date on the sermons. That, that was neat because she had listened to them. Um, Brianna always has her earpieces in uh, listening to... I, now, she's not here today, so I, I know the truth. It's, she's listening to music. But I always say, listening to my sermons, Brianna? Yes, Father Michael. One of these days, I, when she comes to confession, I'm going to have to say, what about lying? Is that anywhere on your list? But not, you may wonder, though, but, I mean, who's listening outside? Because Praveen's doing a lot of work here, and he's also going to be putting these CDs into the gift bags. We're doing up an introduction so that people can listen to them or put them in their DVD players. But I received the following email just this past week from a man in Fairfax, Virginia. Fairfax, Virginia. Father McKinnon, good morning. I was riding into work this morning, listening to your four Anglican study lessons on my iPhone that I found and downloaded. I am new to Anglicanism, but not Christianity, and cannot stop listening to your tapes. 
I have learned so much that I keep listening to them over and over again, learning something new each time. Sometimes we do not know how far our message is going when we speak, nor do we know if anyone is listening. But I just wanted you to know that I appreciate you making your teachings available, and they have blessed me so much. I have changed churches and now go to an Anglican church. I pray that God continues to bless you as you proclaim his word, and thank you again for the study lessons. Sincerely, Jeff Hunt, Lieutenant, City of Fairfax Police, a town I can now speed right through. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jeff, if you're, Lieutenant, if you're listening. But isn't that incredible? And I mean, all honor and glory to God for that. That has nothing to do with me or even Praveen. That, that's God touching someone's heart through the ministry that God has entrusted to us. Also, we have launched the Church Growth and Discipleship Committee. That last part was suggested by Dan this past week. The Church Growth and Discipleship Committee. This group meets every other Monday for breakfast at the Coffee Loft in French Hill, a suggestion originally that came from Deacon Rhonda. We greet people. We pray together. We share fellowship. We're going to be starting uh, next time to have a brief Bible study, and then we brainstorm on how we can more effectively reach persons for Christ as a church family and also disciple those who are already members of our church family. This has proved to be a very productive ministry out of which a number of good ideas have come. And when we come in, there's people there that are not part of our church family, some that are, are actually uh, uh, atheists or agnostics. But when we walk in, I say, Hi, Alex. She's a woman who uh, is often having coffee there working on her computer. Hey, Chuck, how are you? He's a Christian that goes to another church. And then we always talk to Lynn, our, our, our favorite non-believer who's behind the, the, the coffee bar, uh, who, waits, who waits on us, who really says she, that she can't wait to see us come in every two weeks. And we actually are going to take it. She is a, a young person uh, who's a non-believer, but she's willing to sit down with us sometime if we're willing to listen and just share with us how she believes we can reach people her age. And we're not going to sit there and talk to her. We're going to sit there and be quiet and listen. So that's a lot of the new stuff going on for evangelism and outreach. We now turn to the latter, my call last year for, to, for us to inquire, if possible, St. Anne's Church on Lincoln Street in the French Hill neighborhood. It should be clear to all of you that we have not inquired St. Anne's Church on Lincoln Street. However, this does not mean that we haven't tried. Steve Walker and I met with representatives of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Boston at the Chancery. 
several committees were formed or reactivated to help move us in this direction and or grow spiritually, numerically, and financially, including the New Space Committee, the Capital Campaign Committee, who worked long hours over a period of several months on that committee, and my thanks uh, Steve, Steve Walker, Karen Mutalik, and Father Andrew in particular. The Business Plan Committee, the Stewardship Committee, although their scope is greater than St. Anne's, the Fundraising Committee, led by Joan and Kathleen, but again, their scope is far greater than St. Anne's, and the Church Growth and Discipleship Committee, which was born out of a call from the Capital Campaign Committee and the Vestry for us to focus more so on evangelism and church growth. Although we have not occupied St. Anne's, some members of our church family have come forward and offered financial support above and beyond their pledge for 2012 that will enable us to open an office and chapel in French Hill directly across the street from St. Anne's. This space will enable us to be a presence in the midst of French Hill and will serve as a center for ministry, worship, outreach, and evangelism. One day I was just praying and I just imagined the Lord coming in glory and the Lord saying, so why didn't you do more in that neighborhood? And I said, because Lord, we were waiting for the building. And then I kind of thought about how that would sound to Jesus. Like you need a, you know, you need to do that before you, you can get. So he said, "Get off your duff." Is duff an acceptable word? Okay, get off your duff and get in that neighborhood. And so I'm very happy to say that with the efforts of many, including Joan Fallon and our treasurer Diane O'Leary and those who anonymously gave the money above their pledges for us to get this, that yesterday I signed the contract for this new office and chapel in the French Hill neighborhood. Praise God. Although we have... I'm sorry, let me see. Above and beyond. Oh, we've already done that. We now offer or are about to offer the following in the French Hill neighborhood. So although we haven't acquired St. Anne's yet, this is what we're offering. An office and chapel. Ministry to the local fire station on Pleasant Street. A weekly prayer walk. English as a second language twice a week. Our Father's Table. Ministry to the Hungry. The Church Growth and Discipleship Committee. Our MIC Ministry. Thus, while we have not achieved the goal of St. Anne's in the past year, we are fulfilling our call to minister to God's people in that neighborhood. God has blessed us in many ways this past year, and I look with excitement toward the coming year ahead. May the Lord go before us to prepare the way, and may our life together as a church family be consecrated to him, and to his honor and glory. Amen.